Hey everyone, just wanted to connect real quick before this episode begins. As you'll be hearing pretty shortly that this is an episode of First, and staying along with that theme, this will be the beginning of the first two-part episode that we do here on the podcast. Um, we were blessed with Jay Patel and Riz Musa. They joined us and shared a wealth of knowledge, and it was only right to share as much of their story as possible uh, in hopes to inspire those people um, around us. And in part one, you're going to be introduced to these talented individuals, learn about their passion and their business as it relates to DJing, um, everything to how they prepare for events, how the COVID pandemic has impacted the industry, uh, and what steps someone looking to get started in this field will need to take. And then in part two, we learn more about their work outside of DJing. So if you're looking to learn more about marketing and building a brand on social media, balancing your passions while working in corporate finance functions, uh, or even hearing from an experienced magician on how he's mastered his craft and kind of continues to grow, uh, you're going to want to tune into that episode as well if you're interested in any of those things. But I think there's value in both episodes. I really appreciate both Jay and Riz's time. And, you know, again, as always, I hope you guys find value and I really appreciate you for tuning in. So thank you. Still waiting for a big smile out of you. You're up 2-0. What's the story? Are you not happy or? Still to be happy about. You're up 2-0. Job's not finished. Job finished? I don't think so. Hey everyone, I hope you're doing well and thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Job's Not Finished podcast. Now, this week, I feel like the theme should be first. Uh, we have a lot of first going on. This is the first time, if you're watching the video portion, I have this kind of new setting in the background. Um, this is also the first time we have more than one guest, which is pretty exciting. And then also the first time we have a returning guest. Um, so I just want to give a quick introduction on the talented individuals that are joining me today. Uh, we have uh, one person with two decades of DJing experience, uh, even more experience as a magician. They have a job as an auditor. They wear a lot of hats and they're doing it well. That is Jay Patel. And then we have the owner of DJ Riz Entertainment. Uh, they have 25 years as an experience, uh, 25 years experience as a DJ, um, and a wealth of knowledge in marketing and social media. And that is Riz Musa. So Jay and Riz, I appreciate you guys for coming. Uh, thank you so much. Yeah, man. Glad we can be here. And then you know the returning guest, uh, we we did have him on before. I believe it was episode five. So shout out to Alap for coming on again. Thank you so much, Alap, for making the time. And I'm glad we could get you on video this time, man. Yeah, man. I got you, of course. Anytime. Uh, so something that I would like to do just to start off is I know I gave that kind of introduction, but I would love to give the opportunity to Jay and Riz, uh, maybe starting with Jay, if you would like to give yourself a self-introduction in case I didn't do it justice. Oh, no, you did perfectly fine. A little more than w what I had expected. <laughs> <laughs> Riz, how about you, man? Uh, you know, I actually want to do Jay first. Like he's a super talented individual. He, he, uh, kind of stays behind the scenes when, um, People don't see him and he does amazing work in, in all facets of life. So just not auditing and music and DJing and emceeing and magic, but way beyond that, super organized. I almost feel like we're yin and yang, right? So the, the parts where, uh, you know, I, I don't excel are great for him and, and I think vice versa. So it's, it's just, it's great that we found each other just because uh, we fit really well together. Yeah, for sure. That, that's a little more. Now it's just like you're, you're blowing gas. <laughs> <laughs> no, so 
uh, Riz, you made a great point about kind of that yin and yang. Is it by design that you both went into DJing? Uh, like, did one person inspire the other, or was it just a coincidence? So, it's a great question. We actually started off in different parts uh, of the country. So, Jay's from New York, and I'm from California. So, we were independently doing this for a long time. And then, um, yeah, life, family, God, everything brought us to Texas. So, now we're both in Dallas, and we're just, you know, I almost, I mean, definitely traveling all over uh, America and, you know, destination weddings, but I feel like the rest of the world is not far behind. I mean, it's, it's all, only a matter of time in our schedules and we can be pretty much anywhere we need to be. So, so b- being in kind of the Dallas, Texas area now, um, is there ever a time where kind of like you both are booking the same events or how does that work? Like, you know, I feel like competition might be heavy in general. Do you guys ever find yourself in the same events? So, I think, I, I think yes and no, right? So there's, there's times where people reach out to Jay and there's times people reach out to me, but we never look at like competition, right? If there's, if there's a couple that's a better fit for him to take the lead on than he does. And if there's a couple that makes more sense for me to take the lead on, I do. So it's not, I never look at it as a competition, right? It's, it's all one team and we're working hard to, to get ahead and excel and do well. So, I mean, me bringing like uh, the, most of my events are people that come back and contact me or people that have done events for back in the East coast and their families have moved here or something. And the same for him. I mean, he's had a lot more presence here in Dallas. So he has like a, a big directory of people that are calling for events in Dallas. And then he also gets a lot of uh, out of town events. So flying out to Cali, we've had Albuquerque. We've been into like the, the towns that we haven't even heard of in certain States. <laughs> And uh, it's been a crazy experience just going and doing all these things with that. And he's also come out to the East Coast where he's done actually an event with me and my family as well and kind of got to see where the way we drove things back on that side of uh, the States. So it's been a a big uh, collaboration kind of thing for us overall. Just it's been East Coast meets West Coast right in the middle of United States, right? So. And, it's been a crazy experience. And we also have this thing. It's like, a, it's like an ego check, right? So we leave our egos at the door. It's not about like what you've done or how long you're doing something or how good you think you are. It's we're always constantly learning. We always want to do better. And I think that's probably one of the reasons we do so well is we don't get comfortable just doing what we do. We want to figure out ways to get better and how can we collaborate more? How can we make the experience more for our couples, our guests that are at, at events and so we're just we're always just trying to grow and, and do well mentally and and give a better experience. I think that that's probably one of the major things that differentiates us versus other people. Yeah, I think you made a great point, especially the point about just continuing to grow. I feel like a lot of people kind of get complacent at times, especially you guys have such great amounts of experience that it would be easy to get complacent. But it's great that you guys are continuously growing and just working together. Um, Riz, I know you have, if I have this correct, more than 25 years experience um, with your um DJing business, do you have any advice for someone that's kind of looking to get started, whether it be like as a hobby or maybe as a career? Yeah, there's lots of things. I think first is um, do it for the right reasons. Um, We see a lot of people come in for just the money or because they want to um, find girls or they just think it's, it's better than getting, having a $10 an hour job or whatever it is. If you're not passionate about something, don't do it. It doesn't matter what it is. Just don't do it. So you want to be passionate about it. And then you also want to think of long-term. So even if you're doing it as a side hustle, is this something you want to do five years from now or 10 years from now? And if you do, absolutely, you should get into it. 
um, and then find somebody that that is an expert in whatever field it is that you want to get into and reach out to them. I think most people are uh, open to to hearing from people that want to learn and grow and get better. And I mean, we've helped out so many people in our own backyards um, and all over the world where they've asked about how did you guys do this or how can I do this or it never works for me because when I see your picture and video, everything looks so great. So what did you do? So we're very open about telling people stuff just because we want to help, right? No matter how um, amazing people think we are and, and how many events we do, we, we can't do every event. We can't be everywhere. So if you can help somebody grow and get better, then why not? And I think with along with that, now just adding on, like the, the industry that we're in just gets that wrap of, hey, they're DJs. They just go out, play music, they drink, eat, all these things that, yes, these are part, there are some perks of the, the life of DJing weddings or private events. But along with that, there's a whole list of things that, that come on with like getting it prepared and stuff, which I know that we're probably going to go into later on. But I don't think everyone gets to see that aspect of it. They only look at the, that, those points of, hey, they're just playing music and they're out drinking and people love them. And it's like, yes, that, that's the end result. That's all the way at the end. That's what you see on the videos and stuff. But a lot of things that happen behind the scenes that, that people are just not prepared for sometimes. And not only that, like, think about, like, how much we give up in our own lives, right? So we're doing this, you know, 40, 50, if not every weekend of the year. So we're missing out on birthday parties and, and graduations and anniversaries and Valentine's Day and every long weekend. So you, you're just, you're giving up something, you're giving up your time, you're giving up uh, your energy, your, you know, big part of your life, weekends, weeks. If you don't love this and you don't want to do it, don't do it. But if you if you absolutely love it and you're willing to put the dedication and time into it, and you um, are okay not having your weekends to do other things, it's it's an amazing thing. I mean, we it's almost like you know people describe drugs. It's like a high for us. We're there and we have such a good time. Yep. Um, we, we love seeing people on the dance floor. We love seeing people celebrate. And like literally at the end of the night, we're and groom and they're coming up and giving us a big hug and saying how great it was and, and how we made such a big difference or even weeks later we'll, we'll hear from people and say oh that MC was so great um, or the special effects looked magical or just overall you guys took such great care of us like you're our favorite vendor like we love working with you so now with all that kind of dedication and the sacrifices that you've been making do you think there is room for someone that might want to just do this um, as a hobby to be successful I think it depends on the market, right? But I think if you're not happy doing it and you're not willing to put the sacrifice in, go find something else, right? Like do this if you really want to do it and you want to do it long-term and um, you're willing to put away a, a good portion of your weekends, right? Even if it's a side hustle, you're going to end up doing it 10, 20, 30 times a year. Are you okay with that, right? And what happens is people just think there's like an unlimited supply of events and you can just do it kind of when you want to. What typically happens is the time that you want to go out and hang out and do things are probably the time you're going to get calls for events. And the times when you have nothing going on is a time where you're probably not going to have events either. So it but, just that's just how it lines up. So on the other aspect of it, I mean, we're also focused on a very specific niche industry, right? It's like we're looking at wedding DJs and events, live events where we go to the venues and stuff but for a person that's picking it up as a hobby and if they want to do something as a podcast or a radio station dj i mean there's so many other outlets for them to go down 
they might not be exactly what they're looking for, but it is a place for them to like portray their talent, like get out there and put music out. They like mixing. They like, like there's so many, like you have EDM festivals and stuff that are made specifically for house DJs. They're great platforms for them to go towards. They just probably need to, there's so many other options besides a wedding DJ. I mean, the wedding DJ is an all encompassing thing. Like you need to know your music. You need to know how to talk to clients. You need to know what are specific types of ceremonies and weddings and stuff, depending on their, their background, their ethnicity and stuff. So there, there's a lot more things that go into the things that we do, but I believe there's a medium for everyone. Like if it's a hobby DJ and they're good, I mean, they, they've really practiced and they're putting, they're polishing themselves every day, then there's definitely a medium for them to go out and be heard, right? Like that, that's what they want at the end of the day. And so Jay, you kind of touched on this a little bit where you talk, talked about having that niche. Um, I see that you guys kind of work on like, you know, the weddings, festivals, um, parties in general. Um, is there any kind of event in your minds that's kind of your favorite or which one is tougher than another to kind of hold? I'll let Riz answer that. I, I, I think it's more about like, what's the right fit, right? So we'll have couples reach out to us for, for everything, right? And what we want to do is make sure we're the right fit for them, right? So if it makes sense, if, if you are a um, Bollywood DJ, we don't want to send you to an event that you're just going to play hip hop and house all night, right? It doesn't make sense. Yeah. You can do it, but you're just not going to be happy, right? So we try to match up the, our, we have a large team. So we try to match up our team based on what uh, flavor the, the bride and groom are looking for, right? So the, do they want Bollywood? Do they want top 40? Do they want hip hop? Do they want throwbacks? Do they want Punjabi music? Are they really into Bangra? Whatever it is, we want to make sure it makes sense. And then there's also culturally stuff, right? So I think what we'll do out of the, the South Asian weddings that we do, uh, a third of them are um, Gujarati Hindu, which as an example, Jay is perfect for, right? Because he is Gujarati himself. He, he kills it for Garba. He does an amazing job throughout the weekend with, with the Bharats and the weddings and the reception and all that. And he knows it, right? So it makes the most sense for him to be there. Um, and then there's other people on our team that are, are better fit for like the Malu Christian weddings that we do. You know, not that we can't do it, but they're just there's people that like certain types of music. So it's more about um, culturally who's, who's the right fit, but musically, what does that couple like and what do the guests want to hear, you know? And nowadays, I think um, the, the other part of it that, that is the couples that we get are usually Muslim weddings, right? So that, that's like a third, a third, a third. But half the weddings we're currently doing are fusion weddings where one side is South Asian and one side's not. And then it could be white, black, Asian. Wow green blue, blue martian whatever right it's just <laughs> yeah. different than south asian so mm -hmm. and so kind of how is the i i know i i'm not doubting you guys are great at your job right but i know everyone kind of has like a nightmare experience have you ever kind of experienced that where you feel like you're hitting it out the park but someone's like you know you're not playing the right music or you're not creating the right vibe and kind of how do you get through that if that has ever happened before me and Riz answer, we let Alap talk about it because he probably has like a third per, ter, third perspective, right? Like he's completely come out of like outside of this industry and got thrown into the mix with us. So he's seen it on both ends. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we've seen people that come up to us like, hey, you're not playing the right music. You're not like people not jamming out or we think they're jamming out. But like so some people may think otherwise. And yeah, we've had a couple, like not couples, but like other guests that come up to us like, hey, we but, want this uh, at, the, at that time, how many people, like describe the dance floor when a random person comes up it, and tells it will you. Be, it will be like, so out of like 
like there's 300 people there 240 of them are on the dance floor but there's like that one odd person that'll just come up to us like oh man hey i know everyone's dancing but can you play this song and we're like and you got to tell them tell it to you know tell that person in a way that it doesn't hurt their feelings and that it doesn't like you know they don't feel bad but yeah we have had people that just come up to us like yeah hey this music can you play this one and we're like and in our heads we're like everything's going so well or at least we think it's going so well why are they asking for this but yeah there's always that odd person there's always an odd group of people that want to do that want to do something else and want to be different so yeah there there's always um that odd person that comes in but we always have to manage it in a way that we don't hurt their feelings and we can keep going and keep the flow going and keep the rhythm going and keep everyone like happy oh yeah because at the end of it we want everybody leaving saying this is the best wedding they've been to right um yep. but you are going to have some knuckleheads every wedding where literally the dance floor is packed and then they'll come up and say um you know nobody likes this song nobody's dancing but they'll turn around and like the whole dance floor is packed mm-hmm. and like, who is the nobody because everybody's on the dance floor except for you mm-hmm. so it just you know you just got to deal with that you know but it's you take it with a grain of salt because you know majority of the people are having a great time and they're gonna still have a great time regardless if you played the song or not uh, and there's been instances where we've locked keys in our cars before the barat is supposed to start. Um, not able to get into the car that we're going to be using that's set up for that particular part of it. So we had to break some windows to oh. get things done. Yeah, we actually we had a video on that where we uh, locked it in. And we're always early. So we were like an hour early. And so literally we had to break a window to get in, to get to the keys so we could do the bar out. So and it was, it was a brand new vehicle, maybe yeah. less than a hundred miles on that thing yeah. before. <laughs> so you just, at the end of it, like tough, if, if you don't have that passion and you don't care, you're not gonna do those things and then you're not gonna be successful. So if you're willing to go the extra mile and uh, be on top of it and like Jay say, be prepared, then it, it's a great, great place to be and you really get a lot of uh, joy out of it. Like I'd love, all of us, like we wouldn't do this because there's a million things we can do on the weekend. And there's lots of ways to make money, but we really enjoy this part of seeing people celebrate and have a good time. I think the one great aspect that we like, I, I came up late uh, later on, like the Jay said, after like I, I joined these guys in 2019, they've been doing it for years. Like the one thing that we are always prepared for is like, if something doesn't work, we always have a backup. Like we are always prepared. Like, like he said, we're always early. So if something like, you know, if we're at a venue and something like something goes wrong we're always prepared and like we give it we give ourselves that buffer time and even before and after uh, events and every single one so that's the one great thing about like our group in itself and like other people could take and like just be prepared for anything that could happen like the biggest thing we need is electricity or power if we don't have that it's not going to go through so it's like if we're not able to get proper like voltage or whatever the case may be that we're prepared for everything yeah no i appreciate all you guys answering that because as you mentioned People do see like the pros of it. Oh, you know, going out, doing this stuff, you know, as you guys mentioned earlier on, but they kind of do need to see this side as well, that there is a lot of preparation. Things can go wrong. You deal with um, tough crowds at times. And I am a little surprised, you know, I don't want to cause conflicts, but, you know, we had a lop on as a solo episode about his passions, careers. He didn't even mention you guys or the DJ. And man, what's up with that? I didn't even know you were DJing a lot. What's going on here, man? But um, that's why we don't like him. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> man but yeah i'll let you guys handle no, I that. Check yes on that question i still like it. oh yeah <laughs> yeah but um 
do you guys, I guess this is open for both of you or, you know, a lot of you want to chime in as well with the pandemic. We talked a little bit off camera, how you guys were doing, um, like virtual events. Do you see kind of like the demand dwindling down for these kinds of events, uh, like in person, or do you kind of see it reigniting now, um, as we kind of reopen the, the world, I guess. I, I think, you know, we were the pioneers in that whole transition, right? So we were doing virtual before virtual became a big deal. Um, and so we kind of worked out the kinks. And, and so we, we've done like a three-day wedding where we're making announcements and playing music and everything all done virtually. And they had a ton of fun. I mean, they were, they loved it. It was, it was a, you know, a wedding, but it was a small wedding at home because they had somebody that they were worried about catching COVID that could have been lethal. So we, we made that event for them. And they said, every time you guys said something on the mic, like the whole crowd erupted. So it was so great to have that interaction, even though you guys weren't physically here. So we, we did what we had to. And I think that's kind of happened our whole career, right? So before we were DJs, we'd show up with two speakers and then play our music. And, and then we built on because the couples needed lighting and they needed someone to do it well. And so we stepped in there and then couples wanted to do projector screens and there was nobody to fill that gap. And so we started doing it. So I think over the years, you know, almost, we're almost at three decades now, but over the years, what ends up happening is if somebody needs something, we want to either find somebody that's going to help them fill that gap. And if it's a consistent need and it's something that we could do better than other people, then we'll step in and, and kind of fill that gap. So that, that's exactly what happened with virtual, right? We knew that people needed to do this. It was a short lived thing, uh, but we can do this anytime. So God forbid something happens again, we're already prepared to be able to do that. Um, but I feel like more and more live events are happening now. So I, I almost feel like it's a distant pass. And I know we're on Zoom now, but like nobody wants to be on Zoom anymore, right? Like you don't, you don't want to be on it if you don't have to, because yep. for work, school, whatever, birthday parties, you're on it anyway. So you just need to get away from it. So yeah, I mean, I definitely, it's, it's great that you guys were able to future proof yourself even before this happened that's pretty uh interesting your business model was ahead of the game um is there i know jay you mentioned that you started on the east coast new york city um and now you're in like the texas area i would love to know like what prompted that move and is there a change in kind of like the work environment specifically with like um these events that you guys put on yeah so for i mean the reason for the whole shift was i was part of a financial company blackrock and my job just didn't stay out after that mortgage bubble and stuff. So trying to find a job in New York City was difficult as it is at that time. Um, you're competing with people with way more experience than you had while I was just entry level. And it just seemed like everything was going kind of where we expected it to go with the mortgage bubble. But we had a kid on the way and just figured that we should go and check out other states because our entire family like has been in the tri-state. I don't think anyone's traveled outside of Pennsylvania, maybe the furthest and to Florida or California as tourists. So I don't think that, that we've ever seen any part of the country other than that. So me and my wife just decided to take a trip out to Dallas because we've like we, we looked at the weather. We definitely wanted to get away from the snow, which is like one of the biggest criteria when we initially started looking. And then um, aside from Florida and Cali, like Cali was just the same expense. Um, like the cost of living would be the same as New York. So it wasn't really much of a shift. It was just a different weather, but still in an expensive city or state. And 
Texas just became central and it's like, and it's close to Mexico for us. So <laughs> it just uh, made sense. And that's it. like all of it kind of fell together. And then we just, we, we rolled the dice and moved out here. Um, didn't even have a place. Didn't know where we were going to stay when we landed. When we got off that plane, we, we were going to be in a hotel and stuff. Ended up finding a family that took us in. It's it just like all of that Southern hospitality and the charm started growing on us. And oh, wow. that's what made that shift. Like we, we figured that at some point we're not going to turn back. And we didn't want to be that couple or just like, we should have done this 10 years ago. Uh, that, that was where we were at in that mindset. And I think it's really, like it started building on top of each other. Like we said, like, you know, all of the things just kind of aligned. We met up at the right time. Everything just started picking up. And uh, it was a big shift. <laughs> yeah. Work environment, like forget events. Like I think the work environment as a professional, like moving from something that's so fast paced and Texas being pretty just going with the flow. It's a, you got to go from 80 miles an hour to 40. You're, <laughs> you have to cut down your productivity and everything and just enjoy life in a sense. Like oh. I got to come and enjoy, like I was enjoying my apartment. I started seeing a lot of things when I first lived in the apartment that I didn't really notice in my apartment when I've lived in for 15 to 20 years before that. So it's like, you'd never really spent time at home in New York city. You were always on the go. It was like the, the weekends, either your family was out or your friends were out or you were doing brunch till 10 o'clock in the morning. Like it, it's it's a different lifestyle, right? Like you mm -hmm. just don't spend that many that many hours at your own home or your own residence and just kick back and enjoy it, right? Like have a beer on your own. That was never a thing in New York City. It's like you're, you're out with somebody if you're going to have a drink. You couldn't do that on your own. So that was like one of the biggest changes. And then with events, yeah, I think, even in California and uh, New York, we the, the the traditions or the things that were expected were a little further ahead than what Dallas had at that time. But I think now we're at a point where Dallas is getting a little further ahead and kind of pushing through it, all of the norms just because of the sheer size and space of the venues and stuff that we have here, the availability of vendors, the different types of services that you can get out here. Yes, I think that like New York and Cali still get into the competitive area of like they have similar types of services, like lighting, projection mapping, all these things that are growing. But with the size and availability that you have in Dallas and it, the, it being central, I think it's becoming more of a destination event within the United States. So we're seeing a lot of couples that are out of state choosing to have their events in Dallas and then letting all their family come in, fly in, enjoy the city that they, again, probably have never seen. Yeah. And then going back to their own areas and stuff. I mean, we've done events in Colorado, which we didn't think was a destination type of event venue for that matter. And um, it's just changing. I think that the, the, mid, the Midwest, the Mid-South is actually becoming a bigger uh, area or location for people to do weddings because it's cheaper, even with flying out there and getting the space and everything than what you would pay for equivalent in Cali or a New York. So think, there's a big shift. And then couples also, I feel like, are looking for you to come out and really celebrate them and be disconnected from your regular daily life. So when you're going to a different city and doing stuff, it becomes that way, right? So you're just, you're totally focused on their wedding and what's going on and having fun. And for instance, a couple that we have this weekend, their wedding was actually planned in, in Indianapolis. And then with everything happening with travel and all that, they actually moved it to Oklahoma. So we were, oh, wow. we were going to go there and now we're going here. And it's just like, we'll do whatever our couples need. Right. So we'll make it happen. And it's just, it's so great to see people um, celebrating safely, right. They're figuring out what protocols they need to do and 
how to how to still have a great event regardless of what's going on. Yeah, I mean the way Jay is describing the kind of environment in the Texas area, I might have to look into moving myself, man. Come <laughs> through, I'm, man. We got plenty of space. <laughs> yeah, for real, man. Getting getting tired of this fast pace, man. But um, I, I was talking a lot about this as well in our episode that it does seem like now, like everything, like a lot of big personalities, big companies, uh, big businesses are moving to like the Texas area. So again, it seems like you guys were ahead of the curve on that one too. So something about you guys are getting ahead of the game. <laughs> we got to <laughs> just let me know your next plan before you do it. So I could get ahead as well, man. Well, we're we're going to be here for a while. So if you want to move, come through. Right, I don't want to move. Like, and then you guys are in Oklahoma, man. <laughs> you guys are- you found the new spot already. But, um, we'll take you with us. Don't worry yeah. about it. Okay. <laughs> I appreciate that, man. But let's say, you know, let's let's turn back the clock. Let's say it's early 2019 and I'm a young lop and I come to Jay and Riz and I'm saying, hey, guys, I really want to get into this. I have no idea what I'm doing. Uh, can you guys give me some in, insight or tips on like what equipment I might need, what my budget looks like to get started? Um, yeah, again, I'm a young lop, guys. So how would you kind of guide me? <laughs> I think it depends on what you're trying to do, right? So the simplest thing you need to buy is some kind of a way to play the music and and a place to host the music, right? So when it comes to music, so we always, I mean, all of us have MacBooks, right? Like we're, we're MacBook Pro people. So uh, love Apple. It's, it's, it's better for people. It's more stable. So I would, I would definitely say get a laptop first. Um, and then the next thing is uh, get a controller. So we, we really like Pioneer. Um, between Pioneer and Jay, would you say Rain? What, what was it? What's Rain the and Denon, I think, is like the third. But yeah. yeah, Pioneer and Rain are the two. Yeah, that we would definitely suggest for sure. So I mean, I would even go through and say Pioneer is the one to go to. But yeah. there are other options. But so you get your laptop, you get your controller. Now you're looking at you spent two, three thousand dollars and and that whole thing. Um, and then beyond that, the next thing you need is speakers. Uh, we love QSC. That's the brand we buy. Um, we have others, we have JBLs and other things too, yeah. but that's, that's the one that we prefer. It's, it's good sound. Um, and then once you have that, you'll understand in your market for what you're charging, what else you need to offer, right? You need to see what your clients and want. You're- do they want lighting? Do they want projectors? Do they want other things? And then you kind of move in that direction. And Jay, what would you say for mics? What do you think is a, so a good sure or Sennheiser is probably where So Overall, I think you'd be in about like 10 to 12 grand for a decent entry level setup that we would, I guess, say meets the standard for an entry level DJ. I'm sure there's other people with their own perspectives and you can spend less and do it. But if it's something that you're wholeheartedly going towards, that entry level investment is only for you to start off and grow and add on, not replace. That, that's the mindset that we would go with. And we've done it. We've we've flipped equipment. We've gone through different things. We've tested different types of audio, mics, lights, everything that you can think of just to see which one fits our needs. Because there's definitely things that are better out there for us, but like it just might not fit within our budget. We can't spend tens of thousands of dollars on a microphone. Um, and, and the value of that microphone difference may not be worth it, right? So... There's always something that's going to be more expensive and available, but it has to make sense. So even that that ten thousand uh, dollar number that Jay is giving, like you have to break it up and do it in portions, right? So yeah. the first three four thousand is like I said, the laptop and the controller, and then the next set is is really when you start booking events, um, and then you buy speakers. Another avenue is once you have those two things, you can rent stuff as well, right? So 
if you're if you're like, hey, I want to just go try it out a couple times, find a, a local DJ that's there and ask them, hey, this is what I need. Can you provide this for me? Um, and they even may be able to set it up for you too as well. So there's, you know, and YouTube's a great source. So if you're trying to look on how to connect something oh, or how things yeah. work or tutorials or what's the best anything, it's it's, it's, a, it'll, it'll it's like it. the cheat sheet, man. It's like we these are things so like the like YouTube, the amount of stuff that you can learn on YouTube these days, if we had available when like me and Riz were in that learning phase of things, I think it would have changed the way we would do a lot of our setups everything i think if we had that kind of library not having to go and research it or go tag along with another dj or you know just learn from bits and pieces or you know get cassette tapes and try to put those together tape them together make our own mixes and stuff it's a different like what we spent doing like 10 years getting our feet wet and like kind of stabilized on like some kind of foundation or a track where we're gonna go towards djing you guys can get in this modern age probably within a year and oh yeah i don't or, think or that, that yeah it's like i don't think that information is has or it, it is given the value that it should in this day and age because you just have access to so much information now the only thing i would say is is like anything that's a positive you flip it over and there's a negative right yep. so there's there is a ton of information out there on youtube and places like that the, the flip side of it is like sometimes you don't know which information is correct and which is not. So you just want to make sure you're looking at a reputable source and, you know, double, triple check it in other places just to make you sure. Also don't get to see the mistakes, right? Like they, you're seeing a final cut product with all of the, the defects and misses and everything cut out and put into a nice polished video. You're not seeing the parts where they had an issue with the cables and what they did to fix that and stuff, or what which is what you Yeah. yeah. So you don't get to see that behind the scenes stuff. And I think that's where a lot of like modern media, social media and stuff kind of goes towards everything that you're seeing is like these two 20 minute clip or 20 second clips, which are perfected to a certain sense to catch your attention. But it probably took them three hours to create that 20 second clip. Mm-hmm. And that just like, everyone's going out. It's like, oh, I can be a DJ star. It's like, I've had my nephews and people tell me like, oh, I want to get this controller just so I can mix like this guy that I've seen on um, Instagram. It's like for you to get to that 10 second clip of him scratching and stuff is going to take you about five years of work just to get there because <laughs> yeah. it's it's a skill that you got to develop right like they just don't think it's like oh i just need these two things and i need to move this around i need to have these tracks and i should be able to do it no there's there's a lot more that goes into it yeah um i, I really appreciate that thorough and transparent answer because again i know um maybe i have my numbers wrong but combined guys people that are listening um these two have probably 50 plus years combined experience in this field. So um, any of their insight is definitely valuable and you should take their word uh, if you are trying to start and go into this kind of a field. Uh, I know you guys do a lot outside of DJing as well and I would love to get into that. But before we do, is there any kind of like parting shots, um, any last um, kind of information, insight that you would like to share about the field or anything in general related to like your business uh, with uh, DJing? If you guys want to do an internship or something, we are looking. So, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But, but on a serious note, if you if you have a quick question or you need uh, an answer on something that's just like, reach out. Like, send us an email. We'll get to it as soon as we can. But if you're struggling or you're thinking or you're, you know, really on the fence about stuff, do, do it. You know, send us send us a message or email, and we'll get to you and we'll answer whatever we can. Mm-hmm.